This is the New Life Rancho Vista podcast. We are a church committed to loving God, growing together, and serving others. Our prayer and desire is that this message from our campus pastor, Peter Moore, will be a help and an encouragement to you, regardless of where you are in your relationship with Jesus. So let's open our hearts and minds as we turn our attention to the incredible truths God has for us today. Now I want you to get out your Bible, because we're going to be continuing our series, It's Complicated. We are simplifying and strengthening life's most important relationships. And this is a really important time for us to focus in on communication. Now, uh, this week, we're going to be in Genesis 2. We've been surveying Genesis 1 and 2. Next week, we're going to dip into chapter 3. And uh, we're going to be covering today communication as the third principle of five principles for relationships. So the first one was values. That's the foundation of all of our relationships, our character. And then commitment. That's the framework of our relationships. That's the trust. You don't have commitment. You don't have trust. That's the framework. Today we're going to talk about the function of your relationships. And that's communication. We're going to talk about God's communication to you, your communication to God, and your communication with others. Now, we are in close quarters with the people who we communicate with the most. And so this message, I believe, will be timely for every family, but everyone as well. Never have we had a time in our nation's history where we need to be more of of communicative and more relational, not less. Even though personally and physically we may be separated, man, we need to intensify our connection uh, with each other and with the Lord. And so I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Genesis chapter 15, Genesis chapter 15, and that includes my boys, so get your your Bibles, our whole families are gathering in here, you know, so uh, I'll give you a second to grab your Bible and uh, listen up, because this is God's Word, and we want to treat it as such, and so Genesis chapter 2, it's the first book, the second page, really easy to find, and so we're talking about communication And we're talking about it from the very first family. And we're going to be talking about the fact that communication is God's design for you to know more about Him. Let's say that together. Communication is God's design for you to know more about Him. He communicates to you and He wants communication from you. Now the most important question to ask in communication is with whom do I need to communicate first? Now... When I first married Danielle, my wife, I had to learn this lesson the hard way. Because a lot of times, I would communicate with someone, and I would promise them something like, hey, come on over this afternoon. And husbands, let me just give you a little tip. Anytime you're inviting someone over, or anytime you're promising something, it's probably good to communicate with your wife first, okay? So, and wives, if your husband has not uh, learn this lesson, just go ahead and give them a little nudge on the couch there. Uh, but I want to I let you know that our communication with our spouse, with our family, it is so important. But everyone within the sound of my voice who can see me needs to realize that there's some communication that actually trumps our communication with our family. It is more important. In fact, God does not hide from us the order of communication that he wants us to have. God's prioritized list of communication starts right out with Genesis. And he first says, I want you to understand the importance of communication from me. 
So communication from God is first important. Then communication with God is next in the, in the list. Then communication with family and others. Now before we get into communication with family and with others, which I think will be really practical and helpful for you during this time, I want you to think a little bit about your communication from God and your communication to God or with God. Now, there's three ways, just practical ways, that you can communicate, you can receive communication from God. Now, if you're wanting to to write some notes and kind of remember some of these things, you can actually download a PDF of this sermon. Uh, After this sermon, it'll be live on the link where this sermon will be stored. Just go to findnewlife.church, okay, our website, go to Messages. And there will be a link right underneath this message that you'll be able to download the PDF. There's no blanks, so you can just save these. I would encourage you to go over some of these principles. Let me just tell you, I needed these principles this week. I mean, I really needed these principles. And my wife's sitting right here, and if I didn't say that, okay, she would have been taken over this live stream and just been telling you, okay, I need these. So I'm learning with you today, but I also want you to know that God wants to communicate with you And no matter how you think you've done in your communication with God, man, he has done an excellent job trying to communicate with you. So here's how we receive communication from God. First, we read the scripture. I would encourage you, if you're not in in the practice of reading scripture daily, I would encourage you to start reading. You say, where? During times like this, it's really good to begin in the Psalms. Just read through the Psalms, one a day. When you get to Psalm 119, you might need to split it up into a couple, okay? But then start in Proverbs, a proverb a day. There's 31 Proverbs, so you'll never run out of them in a month. And then go to the Gospels. I encourage you to start with Mark. It's the simplest, most concise of the Gospels. I think it'll give you a picture of who Jesus is. If you're joining us and you're completely new to Scripture or completely new to church or God or any of this, I would encourage you to start in the book of Mark. It'll really be an eye-opening experience for you. We don't just read scripture. We read scripture with anticipation because we want to see something. We want to find something. We want to read something that will impact us. And then we meditate on a single thought or a verse that God gives us. You say, how do I know when God gives me something? Well, what really hits you? When you read scripture and something says, wow, you know what? That's actually a good thought. That's the thought I want you to just meditate on. And think about the thought that's most helpful. Then write it down and write down what your response is going to be. Now, our response is then our communication with God. How do we communicate to God? Of course, we do that through prayer. But I want to give you a, a quick acronym that, that's CPR, okay? So how do, you, how do you get some CPR into your relationship with God? First of all, you have to confess. And every single morning, all of us need to confess our fears, confess our anxieties, our disappointments. Kids at home, you're a little probably disappointed that you can't see all your friends right now. Man, I get that. And uh, teenagers aren't disappointed because they get, they get all of the screen time they want. No, I'm just kidding. But, but I want you to know that all of us deal with disappointments. And one of the greatest things we can do is give it back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Cast those burdens on Him. And then our mistakes, the things that we wish we would have done differently. Confess. The P in CPR is praise. We want to thank God for everything He's done and all that He is for us. And then we want to make requests. Ask for God's power in His presence to enable and intervene in practical ways. Friend, if you haven't started praying for your health and praying for your safety during this time, I would encourage you, that's one of the greatest ways to release your fears to God, is ask Him for His help. You know, there was one person that I realized uh, had experienced a little bit of what we're experiencing right now. He was quarantined. 
He was quarantined not in his house. He was actually quarantined in a cave. He was quarantined in a cave. And not only was he quarantined in a cave, he was quarantined in a cave with people all around him who wanted to kill him. Of course, I'm talking about King David. King David in Psalm 34 describes his experience of being quarantined. And this is what he said. And I want, you, I want you to read along. And I want you to go back and read this after the message. I think it'll be an encouragement to you as it was to me. It says this. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You know, your heart needs to hear your mouth praise your creator. Did you know that? And so in verse number two, he says, my soul, that's all that is within you, the deepest part of you, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. What we want to do today as a church, as we're connecting, is we want to magnify the Lord. We can magnify news stories. We can magnify our fears. We can magnify the what-ifs of what's going to happen in the next couple of months. But I want to encourage you, make your God big so your problems don't get bigger than He is. Let me encourage you to magnify the Lord. Let us exalt His name together. Verse 4, I love this. I sought the Lord and He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked upon him and were lightened. Their face were not ashamed. This poor man, this poor man, I think some of us can identify with that. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him. Have you ever felt just kind of like empty, like you don't have enough? Man, cry out to God and saved him out of all of his troubles. And the, and the angel of the Lord encamped around about them that fear him and delivered them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Let's say that together. They that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Man, I hope that was an encouragement to you. That was God communicating through his messenger, David, to you. You know, God also communicated through Moses to, to give us the passage we're studying today. On Mount Sinai, God communicated with Moses. Now, here's what Mount Sinai looks to, like today. There is still a scorched portion of the top. That's not a shadow up on top. That's a scorched portion on the top of Mount Sinai where the presence of God came down. And the presence of God spoke as a cloud, but it spoke to Moses the words that we're about to read in Genesis chapter 2. And so God wants to speak with you. God wants to communicate to you. Your creator did not conceal how and why and what he wants you to do. He wants to communicate with you. And he wants you to communicate with him. And he wants you to be able to communicate with others. So how do we do that? Well, there's three levels of communication we're going to see today. Three levels of communication. First, what to communicate. Everyone say expectations. You've got to communicate your expectations. If you don't communicate your expectations, then you'll have unrealistic expectations that will be set and then disappointed. So what do we communicate? Well, God tells us through his word, we communicate expectations. Why do we communicate? We communicate with clarity. And then we communicate. How do we communicate? We communicate humbly. Okay, let's go over these. First of all, what to communicate. How do we communicate expectations? What, what do we communicate when we're trying to communicate expectations? Well, letter A, in, in verse number 15 and 16, 
We want to communicate positive expectations. You know, before ever God communicated his practical negative communication about don't touch this tree and don't do that, you know, he, you know what he told them to do? He told them to enjoy every tree in the garden. I want you to see this in verse number 15. God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden, dress it and keep it. We saw that last week. So he's communicating what man's purpose is. And you know, everyone has a purpose. Even the children that are sitting in here, even my boys over here, they have a purpose. They have a mission. God has communicated that to you. But then God communicates to man and says, I want you to enjoy something from me. Of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. How many of you love to eat? That's me. Now let me tell you, I don't know if this was good with the coronavirus going on, but we had bacon this morning. It was awesome. Whatever you're eating, okay, what is it doing? Now, some things won't, but it's satisfying you. In fact, the Hebrew word for freely eat is a cob, and it means to consume or devour. I can identify with that. But it also means to really enjoy, to have enough, to live through tasting. You know when David said in Psalm 34, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Did you know this phrase is not just talking about freely eating of physical enjoyment and fulfillment? God was saying, when you eat the fruit in the garden, I don't just want you to be satisfied physically, but I want you to know who gave you that good fruit, and I want you to be satisfied and fulfilled spiritually as well. You know, on his deathbed, the Apostle Paul said these words to Timothy. He said, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. Man, we've really learned about that recently. You can't really trust in uncertain riches. But in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. If God's given you a house, if God's given you something to enjoy, man, just know that that's from Him. That is a good gift from Him. You know, some of us call that common grace, the fact that God gives good gifts to every man. But there's another type of grace that I want to tell you about that God is wanting you to freely enjoy, and that is saving grace. Now, let me just pause and say this, that if you're joining us today, and you don't realize, or you've never had a moment of realizing that Jesus is God's gift to you, and what he did on the cross, and when he died and rose again, he was paying for your sins, that is the greatest gift that God wants you to freely enjoy. It's not free because Jesus didn't do anything. Man, he paid it all. But when he said it is finished, he was saying that he is giving you not just common grace, he is giving you saving grace. And so I would encourage you, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, if you have never received the gift of grace, if you've never freely enjoyed a relationship with Jesus, wherever you're at, whoever you are, if you hear me, just know Jesus is calling. Jesus is calling to you and saying, enjoy freely of my grace. Enjoy freely of my forgiveness. Enjoy freely of the life that I have designed you to live. And so, man, there's some positive expectations in Scripture. A lot of people just view Scripture as, man, that's just a bunch of, you know, do's and don'ts. But God openly communicates with us. And now it's our turn to communicate with God. So let me ask you a question. How are you going to communicate with Him and others? Like, what's, what's your game plan? Do you have a game plan for your communication? Because if you don't, I want to give one to you today. In fact, 
Kids, I want you to listen up because I want you to hear the way that God wanted to communicate with you. Now, he wants to communicate through his word. But did you know God placed your parents in your life to communicate with you? Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to tread on, on some dangerous territory here. But kids, let me just tell you, God wants to communicate to you through your parents. Now, not everything your parents say is from God, okay? But I want you to know that when they're when they pointing you in the right direction because they love you, man, you got to listen to them because that's God speaking through them to you. When they say, man, don't touch that, don't do that, don't rub your eyes right after you just shook that you know, person's hand or, or touched the dog or whatever, man, they're trying to, they're trying to communicate health, well-being to you, and that's God communicating through them. Uh, but, but I want to talk to the men, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I, want to talk about the, I want to talk to the married men, and then I want to talk to the dating men, the single men, or whatever. Wherever you're at in your relationships, men, did you know that God wants you to communicate? Amen. He also made you to need to communicate. He said, I don't need to communicate anything. Let me tell you something. I want you to see what God says in, in Scripture about your communication with others. Now, husbands, man, we're in the hot seat. Because when Paul wrote the book of Ephesians, he said in Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And he said that he might sanctify and cleanse it. Now, he's talking about loving. He said, this is how I want you to love. I want you to cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. So Christ cleanses and nourishes the church using the word. But why does he use the washing of the water? Why is he using a... Washing term, here's why. Because our communication must flow freely. The positive expectation of communication is to say, I'm going to meet the needs of those around me by communicating what they need from me. A lot of guys, their communication flows like this drop of water. Just drip, drip, drip. Now, I'm not trying to be mean, guys, but I'm just letting you know. I have been there. Don't let your communication be a slow drip. Let your communication flow. You know the Greek word for washing of water that's describing, describing the communication? It's a full-flowing, full-running current as something that could cleanse or refresh. Let me ask you something, men. Is your communication refreshing? Is it, is it helping others? Or is it just a slow, steady drip of uh uh-huh, uh-uh, right? We got to communicate. Let me encourage you with this, that women need communication even more than men do. I know all the men just kind of just sighed like, oh, finally he's off of me. Uh, Start talking about my wife's communication. Well, let me just encourage you that your wife really, really needs to communicate. And sometimes when there isn't a full flowing communication both ways, and, and then she gets a chance to communicate, it can be a little bit like this, just water coming out, okay? All of a sudden, the water's just rushing and just coming out. And it's like, oh, you want to communicate? All right, let's communicate. And women, let me just encourage you, when you get the chance to communicate, man, uh, you know, do it in phases because, guys, man, we, we're trying our hardest to receive the communication, but there has to be some give and take. Uh, this is what the writer of Proverbs said. He said, in the multitude of words are wanted, not sin. Meaning, you know, there's, there can be some mistakes said if you talk a lot. I'm, I'm there. I've, I've realized that. 
But he that refraineth his lips is wise. Sometimes there's a way to say, okay, what do I need to communicate first? Let's communicate that. What's my positive expectation that I want to communicate? And then we'll communicate the negative expectation. So here's the key thought from this first point, And that is to balance communication with grace and with truth. Balance communication with grace and truth. You're going to have a lot more time to communicate this next week. Mm-hmm. Let me encourage you. Ask yourself, is this graceful? Is this love-filled? And then is it truthful? A- am I being honest, but am I, am I also being nice? Okay, so that's, that's the positive communication. Let's talk about the practical communication because God didn't just give positive communication. He also gave practical. He said, I want you to freely enjoy of every tree. But then he said, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, I don't want you to eat of that. Thou shalt not eat of it. For in it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. I don't know about you, but every time I watch the news, it's like everyone's like, you're going to surely die, okay? Uh, and, and I want you to know that that word, those words for surely die, it's the Hebrew word mirth. It means to perish, but it also means to be made empty. You know, God was not saying you would die physically here, although ultimately they did die physically. That was coming. But the immediate action that took place was there was something that was made empty, completely lacking on the inside. Now, I don't know where you're at on, on your journey uh, with Christ, but you might feel a little empty during this time. It, you, you might feel like you're lacking. And I want to encourage you that, that God has given you every tool in His Word to fill you the way that He wants you to be filled but you have to live within those parameters, within those expectations that he set for you. So here's the key thought from this point, and that is expectations are the predetermined parameters placed in any relationship in order to provide security and stability. Now, uh, this week, the government's been putting more and more and more parameters on us in order to make us feel a little bit more secure, in order to make us feel a little bit uh, more uh, safe. And you know, there's people all around us who are trying to kind of capitalize on that. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about Billy from Philly. Okay, he's walking around with a cardboard sign. Uh, you guys might see it on your screen that says coronavirus protection. Okay, now, so what? You know, the, 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 the government's saying one thing and, you know, the World Health Organization's making statements and, and you know, the, the COVID task force. I'm going to listen to Billy from Philly. Not really, okay? (laughs) Everyone in life is going to say they have the answer, but you know there's only one person who has the answer, and it's Jesus. It's the one, he's the one who made you, he's the one that designed you. And so when the government comes out and says, hey, here's some parameters, it gives us kind of a good pattern to say, wait a second, maybe I need some parameters. If you do this, this is what you can expect. If you don't do this, man, you might expect something uh, less favorable. So we, we, we can't listen to all the voices. We have to tune into the voice that matters the most. And so we can only expect stability and safety from the Lord. His parameters are such a loving gift to us. So that's what we're communicating. We're communicating expectations. If you have an unmet expectation, man, it's going to cause so much disappointment in your relationships. So make sure you're communicating your expectations in any area, okay? If you're single or if you live alone, Let me encourage you. If you have an expectation that someone's going to call or someone's going to help you in some way, you got to communicate that, okay? So everyone has to communicate expectations. Number two, I want you to realize the second level of communication is the why. Now, some of you know this. I'm a why guy. I got to know why. 
Why do we need to communicate? Like, what is so important about communication? And the most important thing about communication is clarity. Everyone say clarity. Clarity. Say it again. Clarity, okay? Clarity is so important. And, and you say, well, how do we get clarity? Because sometimes I feel confused. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm getting clarity. Clarity comes through necessity. In fact, letter A, necessity provides clarity. So, you know, a, a week ago, we didn't know what was most important. But now we know toilet paper and food is most important, okay? <laughs> we, we have noticed the necessities really just kind of rise to the top, don't they? Necessity provides clarity. I want you to see this in verse number 18 through 20. The Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help meet for him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air, and brought unto Adam to see what he would call them. God sitting back and saying, I wonder what he's going to call them. Whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Adam gave names to all the cattle and the fowl of the air and every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helpmeet for him. Now, verse 18 and verse 20 kind of give us some, some you know, a, a look into the necessities that Adam had. So, I want you to see verse number 18. It says, And the Lord God said, It's not good for Adam to be alone. Now, months ago, we had been preparing this series. And, and this, is the, this is the word that we're using. We are using the word alone. It is not good for Adam to be alone. I'm not making this up. It is the Hebrew word bad. That's the word. Alone equals bad. And it literally means, go look it up online. Google this while you're sitting there. Separation to be apart as one with disease, isolation, or distance. That is the Hebrew word for alone. I'm not saying if you're single, you have a disease. All I'm saying is God never meant for us to be alone. If you're sitting at home alone right now and you need to connect with someone, let me encourage you with something. This Wednesday, we are doing life groups and we, are, we don't want anyone to be alone. We want to pray together. We want to help one another. We want to be intentional with our relationships. Why? Because God did not mean for us to be alone. And so he said, I want you to have a help meet. Now the word help is Eazer, and it literally means a support, a source of strength, an assistance that you didn't have otherwise. The word meet is the word neged, and it means the presence of someone nearby, a front-facing counterpart. But I love this. It means a complete opposite in broad daylight. The fact of the matter is, when God gives you a help meet, it's someone who's completely opposite of you that is wanting you to understand and wanting you to see that, that they're different than you, but that's okay. And so whatever you're, whatever you're facing, face it with someone who has a different perspective from you. Now, right behind me, uh, there's a mirror. And if I was looking in that mirror, and I was, I was looking at that and, and saying, you know what, um, I, I want to I try to tie my tie or, or explain something to you, I would have to reverse my communication with you in mind. In fact, right now, if I said your right hand, I would have to try to think about it because you're sitting opposite of a screen from me. That's reversing communication with you in mind. That is how we need to communicate. Necessity actually brings clarity. We need communication. We need to communicate one with the other. So men and women both need communication, but they need it a little bit differently. 
They need it just a little bit differently. In fact, women, women communicate uh, wanting to communicate emotions. Their ability and necessities are, are surrounding emotions, okay? And, and it's kind of like the 405 freeway, okay? Man, when they're communicating their emotions, they have so many different levels of emotions. Guys, we don't even know. In fact, uh, I think we have a, a picture of the 405 freeway, okay? Guys, put that up because that 405 freeway, uh, now, not now, but when it's normally packed and full, it's the fullest freeway in the United States, and there are so many cars on it. Let me tell you, when a woman wants to communicate her feelings, there are so many levels. There are so many aspects of it. And it's just coming at you. Now, men, when we're receiving that communication, do you know what your need is? You just need the facts. So you got all these cars, but you really just need one. Give me the facts, okay? So you're a single car on a single lane road, and you're, you're just saying, I just need the facts. Just drive that car down my road. And she's like, no, I'm driving all these cars of all my emotions on your road. And he's saying, okay, well, if you're going to drive all those cars on my road, I actually just need to close my road. <laughs> and so he puts up a road close sign and says, yeah, I'm open for business, but, but you can't come but one car at a time because that's all I can handle. Guys, it's okay for us to admit the fact that we just want the facts car and we have to take the emotional cars one by one. Now, women, where we have a really, really difficult time, where there's lots of tension, is where we try to force all the cars from the 405 freeway onto that single lane road. This is what it looks like. All of those cars going into one road, it's a traffic jam. And there are so many issues that come when we try to do that. So here's a key thought. Clarity and communication takes place when the priority is placed first on listening and understanding, then on reflecting and speaking. So we first listen and understand, then we reflect. Is this what you're saying? Okay, now let me tell you what I'm saying. And so that's the importance of clarity, is we start with the necessity and then we move forward. All right, kids, we're almost done. So I want you to listen up, okay? Because next I want to talk about unity. Now, when you're doing something different than what your parents want, there's disunity. And clarity is what provides unity. So when we have clarity, it gives us unity. Now, I want, I, want to, I want to give you some fascinating verses, okay? Verse 21 through 22, it is remarkable because God does something that he hadn't done up until this point. The Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. Man, and he took one of his ribs. Boys and girls, do you know what the word rib is in the Bible? It's the Hebrew word Tesla. Look it up. <laughs> and he closed up the flesh and in, instead thereof and the rib, the Tesla, which the Lord God had taken from man, made he woman and brought her unto the man. So he takes the rib out, not from the foot to lord over her, not from the head, but from the rib. And he said, I want this to be special. I, I want you to know that this is something that you need. Wow. You need someone else. So this is the key thought from clarity bringing unity, that God will often remove something that's good. How many of you know your ribs are good? But God removes something good to give Adam something better. Wow. And God will often remove something good to give you something better. There are many people who have lost something good recently. We have lost 
the ability to move. That's good. We have lost the ability to communicate person to person. That's good. But I believe that in this time, even though we've lost many good things, I believe that God has something better. How many of you believe that? That God has something better. And Adam could have mourned the loss of his rib, but instead he rejoiced in what God had next. And I want you to know the future is bright. And although the news won't tell you that because that's not what sells their ratings, they don't realize that there's a God still on the throne and that God is communicating to you that I love you and I'm meeting every single one of your needs. And so we need to rejoice in what God is doing. This is what uh, the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 5, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart. And notice he didn't say making harmony in your heart. Why? Because melody in any song is the unison. It's the, it's the main uh, track. And so I want you to put up this, uh, this music because music has no clarity without unity. Uh, or no, music has no clarity without melody. You have to first have the melody. And then once you have the melody, then you can add the different parts, the harmony. You can add different layers to it. But it has to have the melody in order to have harmony. You see, binding different parts must first come with unison. It must first come with melody. Now, here's what I want you to say with me. I'm going to say it first. Then I want you to say it at home. I want you to write it down. I didn't put it in your outline because I want you to write it down. And I want you to remember this. God wants me in unison with him so I can have harmony with others. Let's say that together. God wants me in unison with him so I can have harmony with others. Let me encourage you, if you don't have, if you're not in unison with God, if your relationship with God isn't good, man, how in the world could your relationship with others be good? You have to be in unison with God to have harmony with others. And I want to tell you that we can do that by giving thanks. In fact, if you go back to uh, Ephesians 5 and verse number 19, the verse after it says, giving thanks always for all things unto God our Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it says this, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord. When we focus on God, everything gets clearer. Now the final point, and then we're finished, is how to communicate. What do we communicate? Expectations. Why do we communicate? Clarity. How do we communicate? And this is so important. We want to communicate humbly. We want to communicate humbly. Now in verse number 23, and this is the last verse we'll cover for this week, Adam said, this was Adam's response. Adam's now communicating with God. He says this, now this, okay, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh and she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Man the ish, that's the Hebrew word for man. And woman, the Isha, that's the Hebrew word for woman. The Ish is saying, I'm okay with the Isha. Let me tell you that God had given him a gift, but now he was communicating both to woman, and the first thing he says is, I am thankful for you. I am thankful for you, and I need you. And he was communicating with vulnerability. He was communicating some of his feelings, Ah, your bone of my bone, my flesh of my flesh. Man, I'm so bummed. It's the way you carry it. I want to encourage you that in communication, it's not about, you know, how uh, incompatible you are with someone or, or how difficult it is to communicate with them. You just can't communicate with her. You just can't communicate with him. Now, let me just tell you something. It's not about the load that you're carrying. It's about how you're carrying it. It's about the way that you're carrying it. 
let me encourage you to cast your burdens, to cast what you're carrying upon the Lord. And let me encourage you to just be open about your needs. Be open about the way you're feeling. So here's the takeaway, and then we'll pray. Be vulnerable enough to express your feelings and honest enough to acknowledge your need. We all need to. We must be vulnerable enough to express our feelings, and we must be honest enough to acknowledge our need. Now, if you're here and you're like, you know what? I need what you were talking about earlier. I need saving grace. I would encourage you to take this moment to receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to lead you in a prayer. The prayer does not save you, but friend, if you're sitting here, regardless of where you're at or if you're watching this later, friend, let me encourage you that God wants to have a relationship with you. Now, next week, we're going to talk about the story of the Bible and how God is giving you a gift to reconnect with Him through Jesus. But right now, I want to give you a chance to connect with Him. Every, wherever you're at, whatever's happening, I want you to pray for, for those who are about to pray this prayer. Okay, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to ask you to pray. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for these who have gathered online. I don't know how many, but I pray for our church family that this was a help to them. I pray that they would go back and watch this, that this would be a help in their relationships during this time. Many relationships having tension because of everything that's going on. Help us to realize that's not your design. Our design is not to compete with one another. Our design is not just to, to, to be that person who's always got to be right. Our design is to freely, openly, honestly, and vulnerable, vulnerably communicate. I pray that you'd please help us to do that. I pray for those who have joined us and they don't know you. I pray that they would receive you in this moment. Friend, if that's you and you want to receive him, I would encourage you to bow your head right now and pray to your creator. God, I know I'm a sinner and I know I need you. And I'm communicating right now that I believe you are the only way for eternal life. I trust in you now. I trust that Jesus died and rose again for the forgiveness of my sins. I receive him now. Friend, if you believe that in your heart, I believe that you now have the gift of eternal life. Jesus said, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons and daughters of God. Just as my sons are here, they are my sons and they always will be because they're in my family. Friend, you are in the family of God. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to learn more about our church or how to get connected, check us out online at findnewlife.church or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Find New Life. Have an amazing day.